Welcome to another episode of The Roots Podcast. As always, I am Carter Spires, here with my co-host Matthew Bartlett, the director and managing editor of The Roost, your premier source for right sports news and analysis. The Roost Podcast is part of the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Republic of Football Podcast Network. So it's been a while, uh, so we're back. Uh, got, got some, I don't know, just random grab bag of things to catch everybody up on. Thought we'd uh, check in with y'all a little bit for uh, about to be in spring practice season. So thought we'd do a little news roundup before then. Yeah, the weird in between of and we and we talked about it last time how like signing day is is kind of really in December now, but like yeah. we also like there's kind of a little bit in February and then also like didn't a new like head coaching job in the FBS just open up like 2 days ago or something like so like the coaching Karis Baylor lost three assistants this week at yep. time of recording. So like the coaching carousel hasn't stopped. Rice has a new position coach. We'll hit that. It's just, there was never really a good convenient point where things have stopped to, to yeah. kind of touch base and, and, and check in. So I have a, I have a long list. You got a list. We got a lot to get to, but I guess most importantly, what we were talking about pre podcast and as always, the Bruce podcast brought to you by our friends, Homefield apparel, so glad to be a part of Day Campbell's podcast network and partner with those guys. Uh, we wanted to encourage you to use the code Roost. And I have I don't I don't know if this is podcast official yet, but I have an update for our okay. listeners on podcast. I was I was hesitant to go buy something that uh, just like completely random, but I, I bit the bullet a couple weeks ago. So right now I am wearing a Oregon Ducks oh, Homefield shirt. One. And yeah. it has this just the big duck with like the really goofy face. So and and I I can't stop now. I I own a <laughs> Notre Dame shirt. I own Rice, uh, Texas A and M. I I just I'm continuing to add to the list. So I want you to know, use the code Roost, buy a shirt, and just grab a random one. I'm looking at their shirt of the day right now, and it's Hog Wild. It's an Arkansas shirt with like a oh. feral pig on it. And oh, that's good. I might have more home field apparel by the time we're done recording. Have you added to your home field collection in the past two months? Um, are, you in, are you in need? Yeah, I'm getting the itch again. Uh, I ha I bought the Love Ya Owls t-shirt when that <laughs> came out, obviously, because because it's amazing. Um, uh, a couple we uh, a couple months ago, they sent us they they sent us some stuff, which was nice, uh, and I got the. The blue shirt with the old English R on it, which is, of course, a classic, which my wife promptly stole. Um, so I so, might need. So you need another one. Yeah. Homefield, we need to start like requesting duplicates for, for spouses. Yeah. Um, I am also, though, like uh, I, I was saying before we started, I'm, I'm looking at the the, ref the Alabama collection, which they, I haven't looked at in a while since they've done some refreshes on it. And there is there is some heat in there. There is a 1973 National Champions T-shirt that is is absolute flames so uh yeah as the kids uh, say absolute <laughs> flames. yeah i say, spent am too I, much time around teenagers the... i don't know what uh <laughs> i've i've lost any sense of of what slang is my own that's fair i was just gonna ask am i cool enough to rock a quarter zip because i see some of these that home field selling i don't own it yet but i'm like man it just looks pretty comfy oh yeah a quarter zip a quarter zip is an all-purpose garment there we go well, you're, quarter zips have powerful dad energy. 
energy. You're a dad. Like you, you can pull that <laughs> off for sure. There we go. I, that's home field. You, I mean, we had a connection from the start, but now, <laughs> yeah. So shop at home field, use the code roost 20% off, get more stuff. You know, who knows what home field apparel shirts I will own by the next time I need a home field budget. Uh, you just have a general all-purpose clothing budget. I'm going to have to carve out just yeah, for there's home a field. Special uh, that, that money's earmarked. So we got to do that. We have, uh, where are we going to hitting on first? Roster updates, uh, transfer portal. We'll start there. Yeah. Uh, I guess a couple things. I guess as of what? Early February, they put out, Bill C put returning production numbers out. I talked to Mike Bloomgren on National Signing Day, and he confirmed at that point he was expecting 10 defensive starters back, eight offensive starters back. Uh, at that point, they've lost one more on the defense. Altogether, we're looking at, I mean, starting numbers are quasi strange, but we're going to say yeah. 17 of of 22-ish starters, offense and defense, which is probably, has got to be the best in the American. And yeah. all considered, I'm pretty good. I it, You can't ask for much better, at least on the departing transfers front. Yeah, a, a, a level of, of returning production that is honestly very difficult to get to in just the way that college football is now. Like there is such a, like kind of no matter where you are, there is always a level of roster churn that just happens. And it's weird because it's almost like there's, there are so many different vectors and reasons for guys leaving, whether it's, you know, moving up a level, moving down a level, uh, you know, being enticed by, uh, uh, by an NIL offer from somebody looking for more, like, there's no, oh, like these type of teams get hard, hit harder than other type of teams almost. Like everybody, there's all, it's like, it's kind of like a level that basketball got to a couple of years ago where there's just like, yep, a big section of your roster is just going to change every year and that's how it works. And it's shocking and uh, a, quite a pleasant surprise to see that Rice at this point has not really gotten anywhere close to that. Yeah, and so this is what I wanted to talk about. Because with you, because we haven't discussed this yet. Rice right now, I'm looking at just the the class calculator or whatever. Uh, they have Rice as the 2024 class. Gosh, we're old. That just signed uh, as right. the, the, the 125th class ranked recruiting class in the nation. And let's see if I go pull that up by just the American, I believe what they were uh second to last in the American scrolling. Oh, we have the number three class in 2025 rice does. So there you go. But I want 2020. Nice. Yeah. So second from the bottom in the American in 2024. Oh, I like third from the bottom above UTSA. But of course, two, four, seven says rice has 11 commits. Uh, plug, you should subscribe to The Roost on Patreon, where we have the full list of commitments and people that the school has announced publicly and recruiting services have not caught up to yet. Uh, so don't look at 247, look at The Roost. Uh, but that aside, uh, how do we kind of deal with this? Because we talked about departing players, and, and DeBraylin Carroll and Treshawn Devones 
are the two Rice players in the transfer portal that started last year. But everybody else is back. So I was talking with Mike Bloomberg about that, and he said, well, do you want a really highly rated high school recruit, or do you want Josh Piercy on your team next year? And I was like, I want Josh Piercy. He's like, yeah, I, I do too. So that's what we did. So when you look at this roster, the fact that Rice has just about nobody outgoing, you're returning almost the entirety of your starting lineup in two deep, minus a handful, there's really no room. So Rice has a, you know, I'm using air quotes, a bad rating in the recruiting cycle, but I don't know, man. I don't care. Is that too yeah. cavalier? <laughs> the Russ, like, you never want to go full, like, what was it, Jake Babadol at Texas State, just uh, signing, oh, like, four gosh. high school players. You never want to get to that level. But at this point, especially still with um, we are in, I guess, the last year of any significant chunk of players having COVID eligibility. Like once you, once you get beyond this season, there could be some that like that, you know, were true freshmen in 2020 and like get a medical red shirt or something like that. Like you could, you're going to have a handful of, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth year guys next year. But for the most part, anyone who came in in 2020 is, should be out next year maybe <laughs> we're not fully confident well, or, that, like guessing. <laughs> I, I think this year is the last year that there should be like significant numbers of those players on most rosters if i'm remembering that right so the like the roster building game has permanently changed with the transfer portal and with nil but even still now there's a particular like it's just going to depend year to year how many spots you have and when you have guys that are fifth six year guys that still have eligibility because of that and you take a couple transfers and you don't end up losing that much then it makes sense to just take and keep those veteran players and it's not like the staff hasn't proven that they can recruit at what for rice is a historically high level before like they've had classes that are ranked in the you know low 90s which is very high compared to rice's historical recruiting, recruiting ranking we talk all the time about the number of guys they've signed that are in the top four five ten of uh rated high school recruits at rice ever so it's not like you have any worries about like oh this staff all of a sudden can't recruit I mean, they just will talk about the individual signees, but like they added the highest rated high school player in Rice history or the second highest. No, highest. Um, highest. highest in school history. Yeah. This year. So I don't think. Uh, yeah, they're, like even if you very firmly believe in purely building through the high school signee ranks in a way that is just not done these days, this staff has shown that they can do that. And so when when that is the appropriate way, when that makes the most sense, I don't think there's any reason to have faith that they, to not have faith that they won't do that. Yeah. To your point, the school that they're right above in the recruiting rankings is UTSA. And I think those yep. guys have proven on the field that they know what they're doing, uh, that that roster is, is pretty good. Well, I mean, we'll see. This is, you know, 
Jeff Trailer, Sands, Frank Harris. Is this Bill Belichick without Tom Brady? Is that the the G five equivalent? What we're going here? <laughs> that didn't turn out so well. But you know, I I like Jeff Trailer, but just as long as they're not playing Rice, that's fine. But yeah, so I mean, it, it, it's, if that's where you know, kind of your peers and where you're looking at, and like you mentioned, sign the highest rated class. Uh, you mentioned highest rated player in school history. This is again the highest rated signing class in program history. So Bloomgren has now done that five times in six cycles. No, four times in the last five cycles. Correct. Correction. Uh, sign the highest rated class in school history. So he's one upped himself. So yeah, I have. I have zero doubts that the staff can recruit and that they use the spots on their roster really well. And I think actually the number one recruit, we'll talk about him right now, Levante Johnson. I think this is, if you want to see proof that, you know, Bloom and the staff still have their, you know, proverbial fastball is pitchers and catchers next week, something like that. Right. Um, That Levante Johnson the highest rated commit in our signee in program history signed with rice on national signing day. I was talking with some folks at rice. Uh, there were, this was not in the cards in the early signing period. Levante Johnson was still kind of taking his time and looking around rice got into this battle late and landed the, you know, the marquee gym of their recruiting class. So you have a guy that has a ton of power five offers was wanted everywhere and had options you pull him and it's one of those things man you build a relationship over a year and he just can't say no it's like no you came in in three weeks and you got the deal done and that's that's like grimy gritty football recruiter 101 right there like that's what you want to see and that's uh i think the fun kicker there which people who read when that news came out will have seen so if you look at levante johnson he went to north shore and uh, our our knowledgeable listeners will know that current linebackers coach John Kay was the head coach at North Shore, but he did not actually coach Johnson there. He uh, apparently coached his dad before. Yeah, um, that was pretty surprising. I was like, so okay, what's the connection? Yeah, there is a connection, but like, it's not as though this is a guy just straight up following his high school coach. Like, there are plenty of times in college football where, you know, there are connections like that, like so-and-so coach your dad, and you don't necessarily go to play for that guy. So obviously that connection helped, but it was not as though this like, oh yeah, this is what the guy was going to do all along. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a big pickup and I was, I was pretty happy. I mean, the class was already, I believe on track to be the highest rated without him in the fold, you add him to the fold and I'm just kind of scrolling now looking through the guys that they added in uh, since national signing there that kind of week. The other one I wanted to hit on was, was Taji Atkins who committed to rice. Uh, it was probably back October, November uh, decommitted and then came back around and recommitted. And this is uh, probably I'm trying to think in the, the six years that I've been doing this and following rice recruiting specifically, I can't think of many guys that have decommitted and recommitted. So that's, that's a novelty, but I I was, I was crushed (laughs) when, when he left. And then when he came back, I was, I was throwing a party. This guy was first team all state and, you know, I'm not going to go 
poo-poo on any level of Texas high school football, but, you know, this guy um, is the starting running back for Westfield. You know, big boy, you know, Texas high school football, first team All-State. <laughs> you got guys like, you know, DJ Lagway, first team All-State quarterback, yeah. and guys that are going big places. Uh, DeCorian Moore at Duncanville, like, there's just so many Jalen Cooper, like so many guys that you're just like, Oh, you're going to, you're going to this, you know, big boy, five-star, whatever. Like these are the guys that this guy's in the company with. So you add Taji Atkins and we've been, I think every recruiting episode that we record, we're like, man, it'd be cool if like you got a running back. Like we like some, (laughs) but like, that's always like our wish list is like, yeah, we like what's, but please like, Please, that'd be good. And so here's your answer. So you had Levante Johnson, you had Taji Atkins, and we're starting to get the makings of, you know, we talk holes that would you like to shore up on a roster, uh, a running back that's not named Dean Connors. Got to hand the ball to somebody else, especially in this backfield. Yeah. And I'm that's going to be a big one. He rushed. I, I had I have to pull this up to make sure I got it correct. But he rushed for 400 yards in a playoff game. Against Klein Kane. That's that's insane. I thought that was a typo. And it's like, no, that's what he did in the playoffs. Said, no, no, no. In the playoffs in four games, he uh, he hit 1,300 rushing yards. And I think it was 11 touchdowns, 12 touchdowns in four playoff games. Jeez. And these are all video game numbers when you're ta- like, this is the best guy in the field. It's like, but like, it's like Derek Henry high school numbers. Yes, that that that's what it was like. I'm not saying Taji Adkins is Derek Henry, but... I'm not not saying <laughs> not uh, in size, perhaps, but uh, yeah, that's pretty impressive production. Yeah, five, nine, one eighty. Uh, let's see anybody else on the list. I'm kind of going through who else they added. Um, where is my list? The other one of note, probably that Rice hadn't announced yet. Paperwork didn't come in before signing days, but but Graham Walker uh, committed the day before signing day and he might yeah, not have um, t- the tell name us about that guy because the uh the last name is a little misleading there yeah half brother of a certain super bowl i guess multi multi super bowl mvp patrick mahomes yeah so not bad uh, it came spent the last three years at brown and entered the transfer portal ends up at rice and I kind of went back and forth because when I when I heard that Rice was on this guy, I was like, OK, cool. This is neat because there was a bunch of stuff that came out probably around this. It was before the Super Bowl, but it was in the run up with like all the camps and stuff about like, hey, Patrick Mahomes, brother, he's in this transfer portal. Not, da, 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 that, not that brother, a different one. Right. <laughs> yeah, not, that, not the one doing TikToks, although yeah. I will have time, I guess, to ask Graham about his TikTok game. <laughs> but oh, gosh. Yeah. So there was all this buzz. And I don't know. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, you got the brother of some guy. But I was kind of like watching through and I'm like, this is you know, the like... last time Rice had the brother of some guy that turned out pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> That's true. Mr. Might be next NFL draftee from Rice, Luke McCaffrey, yeah. showing out. Yeah, we would take another one. But yeah, I mean, and this is the other one when we kind of were working through, at least we talked about like your your wish list of what you want. Um, I think Rice needed another X receiver. Yeah. Like they had, it's Ross and McNeil and that's it. 
basically on the depth chart. Yeah. Or it was like, I guess going into signing day. So you really wanted to get somebody else that had, you know, some big body and could move. And uh Graham Walker's six three, two fifteen, and just go pull up. I I have all of his stuff on the site. You can grab there and go into my commitment uh portal uh for subscribers. You can kind of see go pull up the first highlight of him and it's him scoring a touchdown and just like breaking three tackles on the two yard line and carrying everybody in. So I was like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. I, I read a little bit about him after, after seeing that. And I, I thought it was interesting. There were a couple of uh, pieces where someone had interviewed um, Pat Mahomes senior and was saying some stuff that's basically like, Oh yeah, you know, we're, we're spending a little more time together now. And like, he's decided to start taking football serious, which uh, is from what little I know of, of Mahomes seniors seems like the sort of thing he would say. Um, but if that's a, uh, I don't know, an indication perhaps that the ceiling is higher for this guy than where he has been in his career. So I know if you, if you don't know, if you've never like watched Pat Mahomes senior in an interview, like if you think the, the more famous, uh, Mahomes the Younger uh, has uh, a voice that's fun to listen to. Mahomes Sr. is like, he's got this East Texas drawl. and It's bizarre, man. Like, I just didn't know what I was expecting. And sometimes you yeah. forget that Mahomes is like, you know, from White House, Texas. Like, yeah. I don't know. He, he kind of like, he's, he's classied it up since he, he became a pro quarterback. <laughs> but yeah, his, his dad's like, yep, I get it. I get it. His, and his dad has that type of energy because he he was this dude. But the like, oh yeah, this is a man who was a major league reliever in the days when dudes would just like smoke cigarettes and drink whiskey in a major league clubhouse like mid game. Like he's got that energy that just that energy just like radiates off of him. So uh, he's a <laughs> he's a character. Didn't know how much Pat Mahomes senior would get into on the podcast, but, but, <laughs> but here we are, you know, yeah. and that was, this is, this is life, but yeah, <laughs> excited to have his kid on campus. And yes, I, I, I don't know. We've had a, a make or break run with transfer wideouts, but I don't know, just on the field, he's done a lot more than some of the other ones that have, have come through. So I'm pretty excited. That's that, some good luck with Ivy League transfers. So, uh, yeah, a lot of Ivy League transfers coming in. And yeah, say, I always say we talked through, we got Charlie Lewis. We talked through, he was an early guy. I think everybody else, last couple ones that kind of hit through since early signing day, Blaze Tita. Uh, linebacker came uh, Kil- Kilgore Junior College, uh, actually teammate of Chase Jenkins, formerly before he went the JUCO route. So uh, there's a fun little tie-in. And then Michael Daly uh, didn't get announced early signing period, I believe, but did announce him on National Signing Day. Uh, has four years of eligibility left and is coming to Rice after he cre- after he went on his. Uh, LDS mission at BYU and has since been married. So we talked about, you know, what seventh year players, he's yeah. going to be older than some of the coaches, but <laughs> Hey, 
if you're an edge rusher that, you know, got a couple of extra years on you in college, then that can't hurt lining him up against, you know, a, a sophomore offensive tackle and saying good luck. Yeah. Uh, it is a model that has worked well for, uh, for BYU, certainly. So. Yeah. So those were the major points on the recruiting class. Uh, we kind of hit big picture of kind of overall roster where we kind of think things are. I, so it's weird now cause they keep changing the rules, but assuming that no other coaches <laughs> leave jobs, which I guess we can't say that in mid February anymore, but yeah, the given that is, an, F, an FBS head coach just left his team to become a position coach. Uh, after the start of spring practice. Wait, what? Had spring practice already yeah, started? Yeah, yeah, Sean Elliott at, uh, it was Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern? Right? Yeah. I didn't yeah. even they realize. They were like two wow. days into spring practice. That is, the world is crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, but I was going to say, and I say that because if your head coach leaves, there's a 30-day window to enter the portal and do players keep getting, but for the, for the time being rosters are kind of set for the next couple months as we get through spring practice until the next window opens, uh, kind of big picture. And I don't, I had not like fully digested this yet, but, uh, anything left now that we have basically, I'm not going to say transfers are done, but unlikely that we have another, you know, Brad Rosnering, or if we do, maybe just one. I, and I say that. I love Brad. Brad's great. Um, but I, for, for, for terminology's yeah. sake, a Brad Rosnering of a late, barring any late departure, how do we kind of feel about the roster right now? Uh, do we have any to-dos before we get through spring and can reevaluate? Or what do you uh, think? I mean, I guess we're at the point now where there's there's not really any to-doing to do. That's um, true. To 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 making a listing. Although I guess that there are guys in I mean, there are FBS head coaching jobs opening up. So I guess for rosters like say, that, there are still guys in the portal. Um I guess with Trajan leaving, you wouldn't mind adding the right guy at corner. Um feel pretty good about quarterback. Um Yeah, I don't know that there are a ton of spots where I'm like, oh, God, they desperately need to get a guy right now or this is going to be a disaster come September. Um, but I don't know if you're like, I think you always keep your eyes peeled for kind of the right guy. Yeah, I I, I, I kind of agree 100 percent. I think they're. Yeah, I say this right now in mid-February. They they have an embarrassment of Richards, riches on the defensive line. Like, yeah, losing to Braylon Carroll stinks. Uh, I think I saw on three, by the way, had he and Treshawn Devones as four-star prospects in the recruiting or transfer rankings, uh, which okay. is which is wild that nobody, you know, schools didn't want to Braylon because he was too small and that Treshawn walked on at Rice. Like, and now they're four star prospects like there's some development work there and just like, man, yeah. if they're great high school players at six, a high school football in Texas, like maybe they're just good. I don't know. No one asked yeah. my recruiting opinion, but well, yeah. And like to get back to the like the kind of thing you were talking about with Taji Atkins, like. You know, I didn't grow up, I didn't go to high school in Texas, so the like 
my knowledge of the like which schools are like the schools you know is a bit is you know mostly secondhand um but when I remember when he originally signed, like no, I had seen the name Duncanville come up enough on like major, major prospects. It was like when it was like, oh, yeah, this guy, uh, this guy was a starter and one of the best players on on uh, Duncanville's defense. It's like, oh, OK, this dude, this dude can play. Yeah, we'll take him. Uh, bring in more of those. So, yeah, I think I, I'm I'm good on, on D-line. I think they have the depth that they'll find somebody to to kind of plug in them. And I think they'll shift them around. I know the D-line coach, Cedric Calhoun, likes to mix and match, and we'll kind of see. That'll be interesting to watch in the spring if they move, who they move inside, and kind of how they, like, they have five guys that they can put at defensive end, and they can't all play defensive end, so somebody's going to have to do something. So that'll be fun. Corner is the one spot that I am curious about, just because that tends to be a position that has the most, like, volatility from yeah. from year to year. It just we see that in the NFL and, and at the college level, you just don't know what you got sometimes. So right. like Sean Fresh breakout season was a superstar uh, named a defensive player of the year for my, you know, postseason superlatives. Uh, I would have loved to have two like Treshawn Devones. I, I thought about in the conversation because he had, you know, a game yeah. winning game ceiling interception, made some several big plays. So, yeah, not having a. Having a question mark rather at one of the corner spots makes me nervous, but less nervous knowing that I, the pass rush is there. So yeah, it, that's kind of where I'm at. If you can get a plug and play corner, but that's just like, you just can't, those don't grow on trees, man. Like, no. I don't think you're going to find a corner that it can start at the FBS level in June. I just, you might, yeah, but it's going to take not. some weird, like, Hey, my head coach you know, decided to go sell ice cream and open up a basket <laughs> robin. It's coming. Did who who uh who left coaching to like start a Chick-fil-A franchise? Wasn't that like one of uh Dabo's assistants back in the day? Oh, I'm racking my brain. <laughs> that I don't remember this story, shockingly. Yeah, I, I mean, um, I'm gonna go but that find does it. sound like something that would happen <laughs> with uh with one of Dabo's guys. I'm like frantically Googling it right now just to make sure I'm not like completely sp spreading it misinformation. Maybe I can't. I'm going to I'm going to find something. Maybe we'll get it on the next podcast. Somebody in somebody coaching or was it university? Oh, no, uh, it was the the guy who was at, at University of Houston. Um, oh. The name's going to come to me. Uh, Tony Levine. Oh, really? Yeah. Former uh, former U University of Texas head football coach. He that was right after 2018 opened up a Chick-fil-A restaurant. Uh, it, apparently in Missouri City. Yeah. Wow. There you go. So not Dabo. I'm corrections to the Tigers, the, the Cougars. <laughs> so there you go. Go read about uh, Tony Levine opening up a Chick-fil-A. So unless that happens, there's probably not going to be a corner that I feel like, oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Throw him in. But there's going to be some interesting competitions, I think, in the spring. So that'll be a position yeah. to watch. Yeah, now I'm scrolling through Chick-fil-A. <laughs> that's layers. Uh, speaking of spring ball, I'm, I think that's it for the roster. A couple other things to hit. Uh, March 4th is the beginning of spring practice. We'll have a week of practice and then spring break. And then the spring game is April 13th. Um, 
they'll have, I don't know, upwards of like 90 plus players for the spring or 80 something or something like that. So a full spring roster again, man, I'm just saying we learned to be uh, appreciative of over the last couple of years. Like, I'll never forget, like, and I've told this story, I think, on the podcast before. Rice had to, like, end a practice early because they only had four healthy offensive linemen in Bloom's first spring. That is not enough of those. Like, how, like, and right now, what is it? The roster have, like, 23 offensive linemen or something like that. Like, to only have That's four. pretty good. It's just insane. So, yeah. Uh, got a couple of those coming up. Uh other football related news, uh, Luke McCaffrey invited to the NFL combine first rice receiver that was invited to the combine since, uh, Jordan Taylor. Sorry. I'm like, why am I blanking on the, the <laughs> name? Um, a, a pretty good one who ended up having a pretty good playing career. So, yeah. And also had the senior bowl and it was su- super fun because if you weren't following it, it just out of nowhere, you just saw Luke McCaffrey just like toasting dudes. Mm, and sounds familiar. <laughs> you're like they had, they had one, one catch that I don't know if it quite lived up to viral moments uh, or if you saw this during the senior bowl, but I don't even know who was the quarterback. Was it, it was Michael Penix maybe. Um, or no, it was Sam Hartman, Sam Hartman at, at Notre mm. Dame through a just a terrible pass in the no man's land. And Luke goes one taps, it catches it, tosses it to himself like circus catching dive. And you're like, yeah, about the only thing about that, that wasn't normal was the helmet stayed on everything. <laughs> Wait, something's wrong here. <laughs> Tell him to take his helmet off. So I feel comfortable. So we'll see. He might be the first rice player drafted. Since I, I keep it was it Covington? Are we going back that far? I haven't uh, brushed wow, up my uh, long? I haven't brushed up. It's been I keep feeling because they put a lot of guys years. in the league since then, but they've all been undrafted, I guess. Yeah. Oh yeah. They've had an undrafted free agent make an NFL roster, I think six years in a row. Something like that. But yeah, the last draft drafted player from Rice, Christian Covington in 2015. So going on a minute but before that you had philip gaines in 14 vance mcdonald luke wilson in 13 you know every year basically going right before that some guy named james casey and jared dillard same year in 2009 Mm, yeah small fries guys just saying (laughs) tight end you let's go um i guess jared wasn't really a tight end but you know receiver you we'll take it that's it on the NFL football front. Anything else on my notes that has happened in Rice, the world of Rice Athletics? Oh, one more. I, I wrote this down. I got a we had a long miss then. A lot happened. Uh, Rice yeah. hired a wide receiver coach. Do yeah. you have any strong strong opinions? Um, have you done done the advanced scouting analysis on? Yeah, I mean the resume is extensive and and pretty impressive. So. Um, you know, I, I feel like position coach hires especially are the sort of things that as a fan, you can get yourself to be like, okay, yeah, this, this is pretty good. But like, not many of us have any real clue as to how to evaluate that kind of hire, I would say. 
Yeah, I think that the reality is we don't really know, but I will say I agree with you on the the track record I was yeah. going through. I, I love one of my favorite things to do is just to read through whenever this happens, the school put out a release and the, the same coach basically that release has been recycled from spot to spot to spot. And so so you can go back and just pull where was he at that last spot? And every school will just add a paragraph of and then he did this yeah. at the prior school. And so it's kind of recycled. And but they always put on there somewhere like, hey, he coached these people. And the thing that I thought was interesting about Bobby Kennedy is the name of the, the guy that Rice has hired came over was most recently at Stanford before that coaching staff changed over uh, last year, I guess, with the the David Shaw. Yeah. Did he did he retire or I don't I don't remember what happened with yeah, I don't know any that, of that. that. Whatever whatever happened with David Shaw no longer being the head coach. They hired the guy from uh, Sacramento State. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyhow, so that coaching staff left as as it happens. Uh, Bobby Kennedy was on a staff also coached uh, with the Texas heydays, national championship days. Uh, Reggie, who, who do you have? Quan Cosby, Jordan Sipley. Lima yeah. Swede, Marcus Goodwin, and I, I just kind of going through that. I'm just like, man, I watched them torch so many Big Twelve defenses in the day, yeah. and I hated having to play the having <laughs> anybody that I cared about have to cover. Jordan that was Shipley. a serious <laughs> remembering some guys run right there. Lima Swede, like that's a that's 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 serious dude remembering. Jordan Shipley was Hunter Renfro before Hunter Renfro was Hunter Renfro. Did you know he was Colt McCoy's roommate? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like that's every just, single broadcast have that now almost literally almost 20 year old memory that just like i hear the name jordan Shimpley and my instinct is to mock <laughs> broadcasters for being like oh and by the way he's colt mccoy's roommate did you know that he's colt mccoy's roommate and the thing about Shipley is that he's colt mccoy's roommate i don't know man <laughs> this guy coached some dudes that were pretty good. I like that. He, the, the resume is great. Uh, you know, and and I don't know if that, this is warrants like a, a long discussion, but Bloomberg has been pretty committed to the concept of promoting from within. And he's taken a bunch of guys from staff, GA and other positions and promoted them up to position coach. Uh, sometimes yeah. that's worked out. Sometimes it hasn't. I, I think what we learned with the, the big reset of the of the coaching staff last year because last year they hired I think it was one fewer head coach or one fewer assistant coach changed last year than in the previous four years combined uh, like yeah uber consistent and from results on the field you know arguably one of the most complete coaching job like the corner room they yeah that that room took off and was night and day incredible uh, you know and George uh, Gerard Wilcher before did a pretty good job, like turning like fifth string running backs into corners. So like, yeah, but for whatever reason, like the change was good. So yeah, I mean, I'm on board. I think getting somebody with, and, and then here's another thing, move the move to the AAC, you know, rice is rice is swimming in, in bigger waters. Can it like just the same way they can have bigger conversations and land, but more talented recruits, they can get, I'm not going to say their pick of assistant coaches, you know, like, yeah, Alabama still gets to call and say, I would like whoever, even though Nick Saban's gone. But, you know, on the rice level, they, they have some pull. And so the fact that it took them and they waited and took them a month to kind of get their guy, I'm pretty happy about. 
yeah, it's one of those like you can never when you're evaluating a decision like this right after it happens, there's never any like nothing in this is certain, but all you can say is does it seem like they did made a good decision based on what was available and what you know about the guy at this point? And I think you can pretty solidly say that at this point. Yeah, and Lima Sweet is on the, the resume, so like, what could go wrong? <laughs> I'm going to have to, like, just the formative years of Big 12 football, I'm just, oh, man, there's so much in there. Also coach, coach J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, which at Stanford, that was another yeah. one. All, all these guys that you're just like, there's some guys that you're just like, are just dudes, and then they just disappear, and you're like, what happened? NFL tight end J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. For the Eagles, or yeah. something, I believe. Yeah, he was in that yeah. group with. Uh, oh no, he was a wide receiver. He was a little afterwards, right? Um, but yeah. there was that year, year or set of years when Stanford had the like three guys who all ended up being NFL tight ends. It was like Kobe Fleener and. Uh, oh yep, the that guy who was list. with the Eagles for a long time. Tillaleleu. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about. And um, uh, Zach Ertz. Yes. Yeah. Zach Ertz is who I was thinking of. He was okay. I was like, crap. He was with the Eagles and his wife is a <laughs> soccer player. And <laughs> yeah, so it worked out. So with the, I, I think this is just guys naming dudes at this point. But yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the heydays, man. So uh, new wide receivers coach. We'll find out. We got spring practice. I, I was about to say in a month, but I guess in like a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Baseball March season has started. As I noted when like running through a calendar uh, with some of my students today, I was like, all right, next Friday, which is March 1st. Oh, no. <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, it's coming up fast. I I have just I'm just beginning to switch my brain over to basketball and baseball and I'm about to start football again. So I don't know. It is what it is. Men's basketball yeah. is is, you know, having having some troubles. Women's basketball is doing pretty good. Yeah, uh men's basketball as we what a weird season. As nothing we speak, makes sense. As we speak, recording, uh, having already, you know, beat Memphis this season and yet still having a three and nine conference record uh, currently up as I speak, as we record 23 points on UAB. Uh, and are they in They're in Birmingham up yes. 23 points on UAB in Birmingham uh, with just under nine minutes to go in the second half? Hopefully when you're hearing this, uh, they won't have. Um, <laughs> this this could age really poorly honestly even great. even giving up like if they didn't score for the rest of the game at this point it would still be a pretty bad defensive effort to give up now 24 points for uab to tie it over the last nine minutes so um hopefully that cushion will hold um but just a just an utterly bizarre season none none of it makes sense and then you have the, the women's team cruising. Uh, I didn't even realize this when it happened, but Lindsay Edmonds became the fastest coach in program history to 50 wins, which I don't know. seems kind of like an arbitrary number to draw the line at. But when you kind of sit back and think about it, uh, I remember covering this team where 
she had to suit up a student manager to play in a quadruple <laughs> overtime game at Charlotte because they were out of players in the COVID year Jeez. where they literally played games with seven eligible human beings who could take the court. That coach was the fastest to 50 wins in program history. God, is that? Has it been that long since she's been there? Did Langley go to God? I'm so old. Yeah, Langley. I this feel is now year, year three for Tina Langley at Washington, I believe. Uh, I, I do I, believe that is accurate. But yeah, so and and Tina got a good thing going. But yeah, watching Lindsay, she's just it's just fun, man. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> there's some coaches that you, you don't have fun talking to, and she is a pleasure to get to work with. And her teams have fun and winning also helps. I've, I've learned. So. Yeah. Yeah, it does. So that's it. I don't know. And baseball, baseball won a game. They beat Sam Houston and they're going, I don't have, have really any hot baseball thoughts at the moment, but Bryce would like to win baseball games. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of nice. a rat. A lot of to go back to on. that. Yeah. I heard, that. I heard they were good. <laughs> it's, uh, I've been told. It's that time of year where it's just like, oh yeah, all the all the spring sports things are happening right now. So Bryce is adding diving. Yeah, that's happened since we last. But I okay. Full disclosure: my brain wave here as I kind of devolve mentally. Uh, <laughs> Rice had a I don't remember what day it was. Uh, maybe Friday night, Saturday. The, the baseball game. A Rice outfielder made an incredible diving catch in the outfield, and. I think one of the, the rice baseball account made tagged the swimming account and said something like, Hey, I heard you need divers. And <laughs> it was just, Oh, I love like the, more like fun and less generic. Like I know you have people who control the rice Twitter brands, but like, come on, give us stuff like that. That's, that's what I'm here for. So yeah, that was fun. So now rice can actually, you know, win swimming competitions since, I didn't even fully recognize. I'm like, wait, so you're competing, but without diving, but you need the points from diving to win. So you can't win, but you're going to compete. I'm like, when does this make sense? It doesn't make sense. So I'm I'm glad that that is changing. I think that's yeah. it for real. Yeah. Yeah. It's busy time, but uh, we're glad to hop back on and uh, get the rundown with y'all. Um, I'm sure we'll be back at some point in the spring to, uh, run that down and see how things are going as we um, enjoy the brief uh, interlude of football quasi returning before we head to the long haul of summer. Um, But uh, it was good to chat with you all again. Uh, We will be back soon enough and rice fight. This show was edited and produced by Carter Spires. It features music from Joseph McDade.